Don't worry, everybody. The new episode is coming right up. But first, I want to remind you there are three quick ways that you can support the Fat Guy Forum and help the show keep going. First, make sure that you have rated and reviewed the show on whatever pod service you're using, whether that is Apple, Spotify, or whatever it is. Make sure you're doing that. Two, you can join the Patreon for a few dollars a month. You get access to the after show. You help keep things going because this show does have costs. And you're able to be a part of the Fat Guy Forum community that I would love to see grow, get your input on what you want to see going on with the show, and more. And the third and final way, if you can't join the Patreon, but you're buying products for yourself that I'm an affiliate for, like Redmond Real Salt and Kettle and Fire Bone Broth, there are links and codes in the show notes where you will save money when you use them, and I get a little bit to help things going here. So, please... Pick at least one of those ways to support the show if you enjoy listening to it on a regular basis, and know that I appreciate whatever you choose to do. And now let's get on with the episode. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am happy to be with you once again, as I say 99.9% of the time. I don't think I'd ever start an episode and say, hey, it's Gourmet. I'm really sad that we're talking again. Uh, so I guess it makes sense that I'm happy. And with me today, I have a new guest who hasn't been on the show before, so I'm excited to bring him to you. His name is Travis. Excuse me. His name is Travis Dar. Travis, how are you doing today? Not bad, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. As I said to him earlier offline, for some reason, I cannot, I, I've forgotten how to drink water as an adult today, so... Um, if my voice cracks, it's because I'm probably having trouble with that again. So anyway, we're going to hope that I survive, and I'm excited to get into your story, man. So let's get into it. Tell us, Travis, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? What qualifies me to be on the Fat Guy Forum is I, you know, struggle with my weight, you know, pretty much my entire life um, from a young age, just being a bigger kid. Uh, I was always into sports, always into athletics, uh, and really into, as I got older, I really got into fitness and just really just studying the, the science behind it, you know? Um, but the, the bad part was I couldn't really put it into practice. <laughs> so what was it? Yeah. What was it like? Where do you think it started for you? Like, was it habits? Was it relationship with food? Like, where were you just always a big kid? Like, where did that come from? Uh, you know, I would say it was probably a combination of a lot of things. Um, relationship with food, you know, we always, you know, we didn't have much uh, growing up with a single parent household, but, you know, we always did dessert of some sort. You know, it was always like, you know, after dinner, there's always dessert, that type of thing. We always did that. Um, and then just fell into bad habits. But again, like the thing is that really kind of pissed me off is I had this knowledge as I got older, you know, not to, not to fast forward too much, but like, even as a kid, I can remember, you know, standing with my mom in the grocery store lines and there'd always be those magazines, like lose 20 pounds in 30 days. And I was just always drawn to reading that stuff, you know, like there was something in me that it just clicked. So what do you think was the disconnect at that point for you, man? Like what, what do you, you know, having the knowledge versus putting the knowledge into action, like, what do you think it was that was holding you back? Man, I, I, I don't know. I wish, I wish I had a good answer for that. Um, you know, as 
you know, teenage years came, you know, you wanted to be, you know, you get the girls, you get the abs and, and stuff like that. And I played, you know, basketball. I was a pretty good basketball player. Um, but I was a bigger kid, you know, like, I don't even know how to explain it. But, you know, I was about 6'4", 260 as a senior, which is a fairly good size. They always got mad at me because I didn't want to play football when I was in high school because <laughs> I thought I was going to the NBA. But that's, you know, a side thing. Um, it was just some sort of – it's – that's way I can describe it is it's kind of like that meme with the horse that's tied to a lawn chair. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that? Like, oh yeah. I, I I don't like it. Sounds so stupid and it's so foolish, but like I just could not get myself to do the things that I knew I needed to do. Which I think is something a lot of people listening can relate to because like it's like you're you're frustrated about the place that you're in. You know what you knew to get out. Of, you need to do to get out of it, but when it comes to doing it, it's just not happening. And that either leads to usually someone beating themselves up over it, or you know, kind of taking that path of, well, I know what I could do, but I'm just not going to do it. You know, kind of like a willful ignorance side. Like, yeah, where do you think that was for you? You know, man. Again, like it was. It didn't, it didn't dawn on me. Like I knew I was a bigger dude needed to lose weight. And I, I didn't even, you know, as I think about it, I was like, you know, I wasn't like a, I don't want to say fat guy, but I, I, I wasn't, I was just a bigger guy yet. Yes. I had body fat, but I didn't, I just wasn't lean if that makes sense. And I wanted to, I wanted to be lean. I wanted the abs, but like, I just couldn't do it. And then as I got older, you know, it would kind of turn into like a cycle, like diet starts Monday. Right. You know, and I would do these things that were so extreme because I had that knowledge. I had that. I would read, you know, back in 2003, four, five, I, uh, got a computer in my room with dial up internet and I would just read you know, so much stuff, but it just, I would go so extreme that I couldn't, it was things that I couldn't really adhere to, especially as a a high school student, right? Like not having a lot of money, how do you buy a protein powder? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just little stuff. Well, no, and I I think too, like, especially as we're, you know, we're in that adolescent place, you know, and getting into like teenage, teenage dumb. um, It's like, we have these things that we want to do. And then we realize, you know, when we start to have that realization of what it'll take to do it, there's that part of us that is like, mm, maybe things aren't as bad, you know, aren't that bad, right? Aren't bad enough right now for me to say I need to do this. Like, we don't really have that perspective on the future going forward because, you know, especially being in that place where you were at then, like you said, it wasn't like you were so overweight at that point that it was having this huge deleterious effect on your life. Like it was something that you knew you wanted to do, but if you didn't do it, things still weren't that, you know, weren't that crazy. Weren't that bad. Yeah. I wasn't uncomfortable yet. Mm -hmm. So where did, you know, kind of, where did that progression come for you? Like where did things, when did things go from, yeah, I want to do this, but I'm not sure I'm going to do it to really feeling like you needed to make some change. Like what, what do you think brought you to that place? Like, how did things progress weight-wise for you? Like, all of that. 
So weight wise, um, I graduated high school. I wanted to play basketball. I, like I said, I thought I was going to the NBA. Um, I was pretty good. Uh, I had one particular local college kind of giving me some attention, and uh, but I got in trouble my senior year, and I got kicked off the basketball team. So that didn't go well. And then uh, enrolled in college, I was going to try to like walk on, essentially. Um, it didn't work out. And then I didn't know, like it's going to sound weird, I didn't know who the hell I was without being a basketball player. Like, because I didn't make the team in college. So, like, I, I didn't even know what that even looked like. You know what I mean? Like, and just kind of got down on myself. Uh, ended up dropping out of college uh, just because I didn't even know what that looked like. Got a job at a, at a local store and just was working, and that's kind of when the bad habits really kicked in. Uh, same kind of idea, you know, I'll start Monday, I'm going to do this thing, and it was always something really, you know, extreme. I'm going to go to the gym five to seven days a week and do our cardio and do this and do that. And by Tuesday, I'd be so hungry. And it kind of turned, I don't want to say a binge eating cycle, but it kind of turned into eat really little, very little, probably and lose a couple pounds. And then just because the habits weren't there, um, I would just shoot right back up. And by the time, oh, uh, probably by the time I turned 19 or so, I was up to about, 300, three and a quarter, give or take. So that's kind of how it progressed up to that point. Um, and then a little bit longer, you know, I did end up going back to school, which was good. Um, kind of found, you know, found myself a little bit more as far as like what it looked like not being a college basketball player. Um, I, I, I could play basketball for fun, which was <laughs> sounds stupid, but. You know, I, I was so competitive. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know what it looked like just playing for fun. Mm. I, I didn't know. Yeah. Um, so I went back to school. Um, wasn't really doing the best as far as grades. Doing a lot of partying. Um, having a lot of fun. Not exactly taking it as serious as I should have. Eating a lot of crap, crap foods. Um, by the end of that year, so this is about 07, by the end of 07, um, I'm sitting at about 360, 350. Um, and still, every day, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. Um, and again, I had all this knowledge, man. I mean, I would read, I don't know if you remember the bodybuilding.com forums back oh, in the day. Yeah. Oh, man, I would spend hours just ingratiating myself with just minute things, um, which is actually where I kind of learned about keto in, in, in the very beginning. Um, but it just kept going, kept going, bad cycles, you know. And again, like we were talking about, like I wasn't that uncomfortable because, you know, I didn't have a problem with women. Like I, I got plenty of women. Uh, that was not a problem. And then... Um, when my brother and my friend died, that was when it was all like, okay, um, you you better do something. Yeah, and, and I'm sorry to 
for anyone, you know, for you to go through that and, you know, go through losing people that are important for you. And it's the, it can be those times that make us face our own mortality. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, um, I live in a you know small town and we always, I don't say we always have, but you know, there's been a lot of young people, you know, die in car accidents. It's, 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 I don't want to say common, but we just have this, we just have this thing in this town called the junior curse, like literally every year in some way, shape or form, um, a junior, the class would, would die in a car accident of some sort every, every year for like six years straight. Um, so I had seen people die, um, young and I, you know, lost my grandparents, you know, it didn't, it didn't really do much to me like yeah it was sad but um my brother you know he was my only brother and then my friend always really close to him he was always with us um when they they were together and they died and that was a just a punch in the face you know like you better figure it out man no understood so what you know and i don't want to i don't i don't want to have to necessarily sit in that place and rehash all those details because it's not that's not the important part of it it's the important part is you know you coming through that experience and where that brought you to like getting to that place of knowing you need to make change but also having been through like you said that pattern of doing some things that were pretty extreme not being able to sustain it trying again and and always kind of going at it from like because i i think what you said is something pretty common i think a ton of people you know literally probably um, sit out there and they say, okay, you know, especially people that have been at, you know, I see this a lot in people that were once active, you know, were involved with athletics and put on a significant amount of weight. And when it's time, you know, when they hit that point that they want to make change, it's like, okay, I haven't been doing anything active. So this week I'm going to go to the gym six times and I'm going to lift and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do two miles on the treadmill or three miles on the treadmill. And they realize that going from zero to a hundred is not going to get them anywhere. You know, they think it will, you know, well, cause you think too, like I haven't done anything in a long time. I need to get, you know, I need to push as hard as I can. And that's also the culture. Cause like you were talking about the bodybuilding.com forums were in a lot of ways, like, even though it, you know, there's primary bodybuilding's in the name, that was a big like health and fitness social space, you know, in a lot of ways, like it wasn't, um, there wasn't the big social media platforms like there are now. So you kind of get that influence there and you see people talking about some of the extreme things that they're doing. And you're like, well, I should do something that extreme. And now you get to this point where not only do you know you need to do something, but you know what you've done before that hasn't worked. Like, how did you find direction getting started? So I, like I said, so after my brother and Adonis died, um, I dropped out of college uh, just because I wasn't doing that well anyway. And I was just, I was not in the mental space to um, be even be trying to do that. So um, what I did is I basically <laughs> sat in my brother's room um, and, and played Xbox for a while, probably, probably until... Uh, but all the while, though, you know, I, I can't say I was just not doing anything because I would do something, but 
not really anything consistent. And then, you know, probably towards the end of the year, I started to like, once the, I don't want to say the hurt wore off, but like just the dust settled from, you know, losing my brother and my friend and planning funerals and stuff. And once all that kind of wore off, I was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's what it's going to look like. And it was, it was such a different feeling than I had, that I'd ever had before. Like it was a different mindset. I could feel that, you know what I mean? Like I knew that this was different than any other thing that I had tried before. And I had the mindset, let me, let me do something that I can actually do for the rest of my life without thinking, without, without it being hard, without it being complicated, without just simple actions. Right. So, um, committed to five days in the gym, three days lifting, two days cardio. And then uh, once I mastered that, you know, I kind of made sure I had my nutrition in order. And all I did, I did the laziest form of keto that you can probably do um, because you can break weight loss down in like five words and it's move more and eat less. But it doesn't matter if you can't do it, you know, for a sustained period of time. So I just kind of went that route and, you know, the weight just started falling off almost effortlessly. And once I started picking up momentum, that was, that was the game changer is once I started really getting into momentum. Cause that's, that's the struggle of pretty much everybody is getting into momentum. It's kind of like when you're pushing a car on the side of the road, right? It's hard getting it going at first, but once you get it going, it's just light taps to keep it moving. So that was that was when I really started to like get rolling and, and I felt good once, you know, once you start seeing those pounds drop, you're like, okay. And it was something that wasn't extremely difficult. Which I, I think there's an important point in there about that idea that, you know, especially I like the car metaphor because those first couple pushes are really hard. And if you were to stop, the car is not going to start moving. Like, and I think that's what people go through. You know, they realize they, because everyone wants things, you know, every, again, I, I feel like I'm speaking a lot of kind of like platitudes today, but we, as general as human beings, we want to get the best results for the least amount of effort. You know, we want yeah. things to be easy. We want things to be magic. You know, all of those things we've said a thousand times on this podcast alone, never mind everywhere on social media. Like we want that easy way out. And when you come to the realization that things are going to have to be hard for a little bit, and then they might get easier. That's, that's that momentum that can carry you through that you build up. Like it's realizing like, okay, today is hard, but that's today. Tomorrow might not be as hard if I keep doing this. So, so I think that makes sense. So then you started to build that consistency and you started to get that momentum going for you. Like where, where do things go from there? Yeah. So uh, from there, you know, and I, I started, I laugh about this, but I, I started, um, at the particular gym I started training at, there was like a corner with some like recumbent bikes. And every morning when I would go, there'd be these like these ladies were like seventy years old, and they'd be over there. You know, that's how I had to start because I was so much weight on me. I had to keep the pressure off my knees, so um, I was over there doing cardio with these old ladies, and it humbled me because, like I said, you know, when I was in high school you ask anybody who knew Travis Dar, like I really thought I was going to the NBA and I don't mean that in like a joking way. 
Like I really, like my mind was, I'm going to do this. I'm going to buy my mom this house. I'm going to live with my brother. I'm going to do all these things. So it was, it was humbling. And once I got that, you know, that little bit of humbling, I guess you could say, um, I just kept going with it. And then by the end of, so that was the end of 2008 by early 2010, I had lost a hundred and like 40 pounds. Um, and I just, and I wasn't, it didn't even feel hard, but, um, right around, uh, in 2010, my daughter was born. So that was something that, that kind of changed the game too. Um, just making sure that I didn't let off the gas and, you know, a lot of people, you get married, you have kids, whatever, you know, people start to get happy and comfortable. But for me, it was like, I can't do that because I know <laughs> what it was like being almost 400 pounds and I didn't, I didn't like it. So I knew you know, that presented its own challenges and um, just making sure I still stayed committed to what I had, you know, the baseline plan that I had put in place. And I, I did not miss. I lost a lot of sleep. But, you know, I did not miss. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of, and I ended up eventually, you know, I started getting really into, like, I don't even like to use the word dieting. I think there's a real distinction between dieting and just eating better. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Because I, I uh, like I said earlier, I really wanted those abs. And after I had lost that initial chunk of weight, it was like, okay, now I can. I can really fine tune this. And so I started really getting into like just meal timing, weighing foods out, you know, being, you know, a little bit more meticulous with things, the things that I would try to do, you know, back in high school that I had no business doing. <laughs> uh, Cause I had, I had no foundation. And, you know, if you, if you try to build a house without a foundation, it's all just going to crumble in. And that's what kept happening. But I had a foundation now so I could, I could do these things. I could, I could be a little bit more meticulous. I, um, so I really went for, you know, abs and, um, uh, I got them eventually, but you know, it was hard, but, um, but it was more so about health, you know, in the end, you know, cause abs, I even did a men's physique show, which I never thought I would do, but I, uh, started working at a gym and the gym owners kind of helped with shows and, you know, I end up doing a men's fatigue show, and, but it's just you know, fitness is a journey, weight loss is a journey, and you know, I don't know, it, I could keep going on and on about yeah. that. Well, no, I think it, which is important, and and I think also with like just from a personal perspective for for you, like, what was it like to go from? Because I think there's something in in your story that you're 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 telling so far, like that there are people, there are going to be some other people out there that resonate with that idea that you had this conception of yourself, you know, especially, you know, in high school, when you thought you were going to the NBA, you, you thought that the path was laid out for you. And like you said, you know, that, you know, it was almost like that was the, an identity that you were building. And to have that taken away is when, you know, we get lost. Like you hear it all the time. Like the person who's like, who was getting ready to play, you know, to leave high school and go to college and play football or play another sport. And they have that season-ending injury that changes this trajectory that they were on. Like it's not, 
that they were making up in their head that they hoped, you know, to make the team and cut, like they were on the path to do it. And then that got changed and taken away. And sometimes, you know, when it's factors that are outside of our control that have that influence, you know, it has a huge, you know, has a huge serious impact, you know, as your, your story is showing. And then to be able to kind of go to that place where you were at your low, you know, your highest weight, lowest point, um, and to come back from that and be able to circle back to these things that you had learned and been learning and tried, you know, and kind of brought back out in you and then step onto, you know, a physique stage. What, when you think about it, like, what did it feel like knowing where you had started to where you got to when you did that? Uh, man, it, it was such a, such a, I don't even know how to explain. It was kind of like an out of body experience. And I don't like use that term lightly, but like, it was like, dude, you were almost 400 pounds. You know, the biggest thing for me when I was, uh, heavier was I could, I couldn't breathe very well because, um, kind of circling back, like after my brother and my friend died, somehow I picked up a smoking habit. Uh, which made it 10 times worse. So, you know, to go from not being able to breathe, overweight, sloppy, to I'm on this stage and, you know, in my board shorts, <laughs> damn near in my underwear, you know, like it was, it was just one of those weird experiences. It was fun. Um, a lot of work. I would never do it again. I, I'll never say never, but um, I just, I just wanted to, be able to say I did that, you know, like I was able to get myself into good enough condition that I could actually do that. So it was, it was great. It was a good feeling. And one of the, you know, I've had several guys in the show that have gone from being overweight to stepping onto a stage. And one of the things that we often talk about is when you're someone that struggled with your weight to then be in that position where you're trying, you know, to increase your musculature, you know, so at points that means realizing, okay, I'm not always going to be in a caloric deficit anymore. You know, there could be some fear there, fear of like going back to the way things were. Did that ever come into play for you? Or was it more for you once you were on this trajectory, you were able to say, okay, this is the path I'm on and this is the path I'm going to stay on. Like, or was there ever any of that like worry about, okay, I have to eat, you know, I got to, I got to up my protein what if that leads to me doing something that, that takes me back to 370 pounds? No, not for me, just because, you know, I knew, I knew I was changing for the right reasons in the beginning. Cause like a lot of times, and, and like I said, men's physique was just something I kind of fell into. Like I, I had absolutely no plans of competing. Like when I first started my journey, um, I thought it looked cool, you know, but I always thought, like, ah, oh, you know, I don't want to be up there oiled up. And I used to uh, joke about it and say, you know, if I'm up there oiled up, you know, next to nothing, women better be throwing dollars at me or something because, like, I'm not doing that. But, you know, it, it just kind of came to me. I did it. But I knew, for me, like I said, it was just a checkpoint along the way. It was not the destination at all. Like, so I didn't have the fear of, you know, gaining a bunch of weight back or, you know, bulking up too much. Like I try to keep things kind of in check, you know, like you go through your periods where you're leaner than others, but I knew that I wasn't going to allow it to 
take me back to that place to where, like I said, I couldn't breathe and I just didn't feel good. I, I just knew, I don't know if that makes sense, but no, it does. Yeah, it, no, I think it does. And, and, and I don't think no two stories are the same, you know, and that's why I asked the questions. Like, I think there are some things there, there are some commonalities that we all go through at different points, but there are also deviations that I just think it's interesting to hear about, like whether a person experiences something or not. And, you know, especially knowing that, Part of that that was part of the experience surrounding getting on the stage for you was also at that point, you know, fitness had become a focal point of of the work you were doing. So it wasn't just you were this, you know, on your own trying to do, you know, trying to do a show or anything along those lines. Like you like you said, you were working at a gym. Like, what was it like? What's your perspective on how of the place that, you know, fitness had left your life? and came back in and then kind of became something that you were, like you said, building a foundation around, like, what do you think was, let me, let me phrase this question so I don't sound like an idiot asking it. Um, are, because I think there are times like, especially when we're, when we are significantly overweight and we want to make change, fitness can be seen as a necessary evil at times, you know, especially you know, getting into real, like, lifting and training and things along those lines, like, and to have it not, that not be the, pat, you know, not be the perspective that you had, but also, but more something that you embraced and then made a bigger part of your life, like, what was that pathway like for you? Yeah. Does that make sense, the question? Yeah, I, I, I think I'm, I'm going to try to take a stab at it. I yeah. think, for me, it just was, you know, instead of seeing fitness and working out as some torturous horrible thing because i like i said in the beginning like i always liked reading about different training modalities and different rep schemes and just i i was just i don't know if you've ever seen fast and furious where he was talking jesse was talking he's like there's something about cars that just calms me down you know that was me with fitness i always liked reading about it i always liked learning about it i just couldn't put it into practice so for me it was like let me just you know, change the mindset of like making it this big bad thing into, you know, this is what we do on a base level just to take care of yourself. And it's no different than, you know, and not to the same extreme, but, you know, I started viewing it more as just like a habit, just like brushing my teeth and, you know, putting on deodorant. Like it was just something that I did. It didn't, it wasn't this big grand scheme that seemed complicated and hard it was just like nope this is what we do we go to the gym we do this 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 and this so on and so forth and that took away the overwhelm from it being this i don't even know i, I never viewed training as like torturous but you know i always in your mind you think that you have to go you know 100 miles an hour all out you know just because of you know social media and just social norms even back then like no days off, this, that, and the other, but you know, that, that doesn't work in the long term. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And so what do you, so what year was the show? I competed in, it was November of 2014. Nice. <clears throat> so we're almost 10 years out, you know, nine years, almost nine years out from that experience. And, so now, 
and we're more than ten. I guess here's. I don't know what's going on with me this afternoon. Um, my apparently my questions don't want to come to me. Like my words aren't going. No, but so being kind of more than ten years out from losing the weight and from you know nine years out from doing the show and kind of where you're at today, like what has this past decade been like for you? Because I think it's rare sometimes for me to talk to guests that are that far removed from their initial push. So I'm just really curious on like your perspective on what has allowed you to continue to grow and develop over the past 10 years. Like what are those things that you had to put in place to really keep yourself, you know, moving forward and not just maintaining, but developing. I, I really think for me, and I think a lot of people, uh, it's setting new goals, setting, you know, if you struggle with your weight, you know, a lot of your life, you know, all you know is lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. You know what I mean? Like, that's all you know. So for me, it was like, let me set some new goals. Let me figure out, um, you know, what what else do I want to improve on? Like, what are some things I want to accomplish um, that aren't particularly weight loss focused? You know, like, um, I've actually played uh, some semi-pro football which that was a different thing um just things that weren't related to weight loss but also um having those good habits in place and also having kind of like a maintenance range you know never letting yourself get because life happens you know like no one's perfect you go on vacations you know i got married in 2019 so um you know, nothing's perfect, but it's about just continuing to show up and having those habits in place. Um, those have been the things that have really helped me, you know, stay in really good shape. I, and I've been leaner, I've been, you know, softer, but, you know, I've never gotten to the place where I'm like, oh God, this is, this is out of control. Mm. And along the way, you also started working with people and started building uh, a business for yourself around that. Yeah. When, when yeah, did I'm that, when did that come into play? When did coaching come into play for you? So I started personal training in 2012. Like I said, I worked in a gym, uh, just having fun with it. it. It didn't really dawn on me that that would be what I would be doing full time. Uh, Cause I was also working a nine to five job. And, uh, Around 2017, I, I stepped away from that nine to five and um, just went into online training completely. And because it just felt good, um, you know, helping change lives and impact lives. And the biggest thing for me uh, that really, and you can probably attest to this as well, is like helping people zig where you zag, you know, like that, that feels good. That was what really got me into it. Like, because we've, if you've been overweight, you've made the mistakes that most people make, and if you can save someone, you know, even because time is everything. So if you can save someone time from not making the same mistakes you did, you know, that feels pretty good. Oh, for sure it does, man. And what you know, it, I always enjoy talking to to other people that coach people one on one because there's every individual is different and every person you, I'm sure, you know, you know, every person you work with is different and requires a different approach. And 
what are the things in the time that you've, you know, these years that you've been doing it, you know, from personal training to then online coaching, like, what do you think are, what do you think are some of the greatest challenges you see people have, you know, to getting started and, and, you know, maintain, you know, building that consistency, getting that momentum going for themselves? I would have to say, um, oh man, that's a good one. Cause there's so many, if I had to pinpoint it, I would probably say helping people realize that it's not as hard as they've been led to think it is, or it's not as complicated as they've been led to think it is, if that makes sense. So for example, um, I've, I've worked with a lot of female clients and almost all of them are under eating, eating like 1200 calories because they, they've been told like, that's what they're supposed to do. But meanwhile, they're weak. They're, you know, aren't very strong. They don't feel good. They're tired. Um, good example. I had a client not too long ago who was like eating like 1100 calories. I doubled their calories and you know she started losing weight started feeling good again she's like oh my god this is amazing what what is this but i think that would probably be it like it's just people make things harder than it needs to be and then they justify why oh for sure and i and i think the interesting thing in there like probably people were listening and being like eat more and, and lose weight like i think we have this perception because like you said you know it does come down to eat less move more at the end of the day but it's like the path that you take to get there is, is what, you know, can be the different, you know, be the thing that varies. And it's like, we have this perception that fat on the body is like a gas tank that you can automatically switch on. And so you, you know, people will think, you know, I've, I've dealt with clients that are like, you know, men that are 350, 400, you know, I've, I, I worked with a guy that was over 500 pounds who was eating 1200 calories a day and couldn't figure out why he was miserable, like, and could barely get out of bed. And I'm like, the fat on your body isn't a, a gas tank. You can just turn on and all of a sudden you have all the fuel that you need. Like we, you know, the biology isn't, it, it is, and it isn't that simple. You know what, do you get what I'm saying? Like, it's that idea that sometimes you need more fuel to fuel the things that you need to be doing. Like if you want to be more, you, you want to be more active and you're only eating a thousand calories a day, good luck with being active. Even if you have fat on your body, like you're not going to have that energy. You're not going to have that energy in that space and time and like be able to, it's not like I can, I, it's not like I can wake up and say, okay, so, you know, right now I would like 2000 calories of fat in my body just to be accessible to me for, as energy. Cause I need it, you know, cause I'm going to the gym and I want to put a hard workout in. So let's just do that. It's the, we don't, we, we can't magically press those buttons. Like it, it takes more work and sometimes it takes more fuel to make that work happen. And I think that's a scary thing for people, you know, specific, you know, it's funny cause we're on the fat guy forum talking about this. And, uh, but a lot of the people listening to the show are women and it can be a terrifying thing for a woman to be told you need to eat more food. Like, oh, you, know, for sure. you know, you need to eat more food. We, and, you know, and especially like for all the messages that women get, like, especially when you, when you talk to a woman and say, you need to eat more protein. Like these are things that you, you know, this is protein. Isn't just a man's game as much as like, people are going to say, well, that's ridiculous. No one thinks that there are still a lot of people out there that talk and like women should just really 
focus extremely, you know, focus on cardio only and cut their calories really low. And that's how they're going to lose weight. And it's like, that's again, like you went through with your experience, you know, you go to some extremes, you're going to see some initial results, but eventually those results are either going to start, stop, I'm sorry, you're going to stop or be too hard to sustain. And that's a really hard thing sometimes for people to see, like, you know, I know I deal with it with male and female clients when I say, okay, one of the things we need to do right now is start taking your calories up. And they're like, well, but I still want to lose weight. And I'm like, I know, but let's take your, you know, I went through it myself, you know, when I first worked with a coach and he was like, okay, we've been hammering at this and your calories are so low right now. We're going to reverse diet you and we're going to bring your calories up. And I was terrified. It's terrified. Like, cause in my head, I thought eat more, you're going to gain weight no matter what. And every time I reverse dieted, I lost weight. Like every time, every time I brought those calories up, I lost weight. And it's when you start to realize that maybe I should trust this person who's been doing this for a while and doing this with other people. Maybe they know what they're talking about. And maybe, you know, and maybe what I've been taught by magazines at the checkout stand, like, you know, tabloid, tabloid covers, maybe they didn't teach me everything that I needed to know. Maybe I needed to learn the nuances and learn, you know, to trust not just in this person that I'm working with, but trust myself and, you know, trust my body to do the things that my body needs to do when I fuel it properly. Yeah, hundred percent. And to your point, like, and that's what I always try to tell people, like, if you just, we all know that just from a physiological standpoint, if you just stop eating, your body's going to put things in place. It's going to send hunger cues. It's going to do certain things. Like, you can't just diet yourself down to zero pounds. Like we all know that that will never happen. And why is that? It's because the body is smarter than you think it is. And it's going to just shut down things and upregulate, you know, hunger hormones and stuff like that. But if you start to work with your body and, and try to give it the things it needs and kind of coax it along, like, okay, Hey, like we'll do this you'll lose some weight. Like, you know what I mean? It's like a give and take type thing. But I think a lot of people, and you know, like you said, females, they just get bombarded with, you know, be smaller, be thinner, don't lift weights. Uh, protein is for men. You'll get bulky if you lift weights. Right. That's the one, That's the one mm-hmm. I eat the most. Oh my God. Women think they're going to turn into uh, Iris Kyle, like just by touching the weights. And it's like, no, actually, what will happen is your muscle will develop and you will get leaner as a result. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's, so, it's, you know, yeah. it's that, like they said, like they, they look at, they look at women in fitness competitions, you know, as specifically in female bodybuilding competitions, physique competitions. And they're like, that's not what I want to look like. And I'm going to immediately look like that if I start lifting weights. And most of, most of the men out there are going to tell you that they're not going to, you know, they started lifting weights and they didn't wake up and look like Dorian Yates or, you know, anyone, name any other bodybuilder. Like, that's a completely different, that's a different track than I'm going to build, I'm gonna, I want to build some muscle and also keep the muscle that I have in my body. You know, as I'm, as I'm losing weight, you know, it's, it also would just be very nice if we could just lose fat when we're losing weight. Like, again, it's, it's, it's not, it's not all simple math as much as we would love for it to be. You know, that I, like you started to say, like that whole idea, like when you get into a place of a deficit and you want then 
your body fat to be the only thing that's impacted by that. And it's realizing, well, no, your body kind of spreads that impact out across a lot of things that can then add up to some negative results if you push that too hard and push that too hard for too long. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, I, I talk to clients all the time, like, and it's something I think, and I, and this, and this is on my mind because I'm writing, I, I'm writing a blog. I was writing a blog. I told you earlier I was working on a project and what it's a, a blog about diet fatigue and how to handle diet fatigue. And it's this idea that, you know, sometimes we push too hard in one direction and just don't realize that weight loss is stress. You know, reducing the amount of food that you're eating is a stressor on your body. Physical activity is just, it's a good stressor. You know, and often, you know, the stress response we have to it is a good thing. You know, you want to break down muscle and build muscle and all those pieces, like break it down to build it up, but it's still stress. And when we compound that stress and compound that stress for so long, that can have results that we don't want to think about because all we see on social media is the happy, smiling faces of the people, like you said, telling you to, to grind harder and go 24 seven and you're not working out seven days a week. What are you doing wrong? And if you take a rest day, well, okay, on your rest day, only do five miles instead of 10 miles, like find navigating that, navigating that, especially for an individual on their own to navigate that space can be a real challenge. Yeah. And I think they get led down the wrong path of like, you know, you've been coaching, I've been coaching, like we know like certain things, like as far as diet fatigue, like you don't, if you have a large amount of weight to lose, you're not going to lose it all in like a straight linear line. It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And if you embrace that and kind of understand like, okay, you know, for me personally, when I started, like, it was like, I'm going to, I set out to lose 150 pounds. That was the goal. Like this is what we're doing. But I broke that up into five pound increments. Like, and there were, you know, days where I wasn't so disciplined and on my, you know, nutrition, like, like I should be, but you know, understanding that the, the, the journey is not linear. It's not a straight line. Mm. No, 100%. It's, it's cause we get into this place of, we should grind as hard as possible until we hit a goal. Even, and we lose sight of the fact that this is about making lifelong changes and building lifelong habits and being able to build lifelong consistency. And sometimes lifelong consistency doesn't look like, 100% perfection every day for the rest of your life. And putting that putting that pressure on yourself is the thing that I think breaks people more than even some of the physical effects. Like it's that idea that, you know, I, I've had this discussion, I think I mentioned this on the podcast a couple episodes back, like I've had discussions with clients where it's like they have places where they make decisions that they know they shouldn't have made, but they choose, they, you know, they made them anyway, or they felt like they didn't have control in that moment or anything along those lines. And they're like, okay, you know, I had, I had two bad, you know, two meals that were completely off plan and I felt out of control this, over this time last week. And you, and you sit down and you say, okay, well, for the past 30 days, you've eaten three meals a day. So you had 90 meals estimated over the past month. Two or three of those meals didn't go according to your plan. That's still a really great grade, you know, for the month. You, But we focus on the fact that, you know, I allowed myself, you know, I decided to have a half a cup of ice cream and it turned into a quarter of ice cream and it, you know, and that turned into cookies later and it turned into pizza. You know, we allow ourselves to focus on that two hours or one bet. You know, we allow us. And, and sometimes I know people get upset when you say good day or bad day, like, but it's vernacular to say you had a bad day. 
one bad day doesn't ruin the progress that you've made overall. It doesn't take away the work that you've done. It doesn't take away the habit. You know, it doesn't mean that the habits you've built are failing. Like it doesn't, we, we want to make everything f- so focused on those negative points that we forget about all the positive points that are out there. You know, I say, we, you know, you see it all the time also, like <clears throat> for human beings in general, it, you know, especially the culture and, you know, I'll, I'll speak specifically to the United States because that's where Thanksgiving exists. Like in the culture in this country, if Thanksgiving Day, Christmas Day and New Year's Day were the only days that we ate off plan, the quote unquote holiday season wouldn't be a problem for people. But the holiday season is, okay, we, I had candy on Halloween and now the games begin for the next three and a half months. Like it's putting things into perspective and realizing that, you can have those moments where things don't go quote unquote according to plan. But if you're still according to going according to plan for 90% of the time, you're still getting an A on your report card. Like you're still doing well. Like don't don't decide, don't define yourself like what's it? I feel like sometimes we define ourselves by our the last choice we made instead of realizing that what really defines us is the next choice that we make. Like we want that last bad moment to be the thing that then says, well, I screwed up. I'm off track. I'm, I, I can't do this. I'm incapable of this. And it's like, well, no, let's, let's focus on what's coming next. Cause you can't change the past. So what's, what is coming next? What's important to, you know, all of it. We could talk about that probably for hours, but you know, just realizing that, like you said, it, in the end, it's about consistency. It's not about, is everything 100% perfect all the time? It's about breaking those blocks down tackling those challenges in ways like you said also that work with your body and aren't just about punishing quote-unquote punishing your body to get to a point that you want to get to because if you focus just on punishment as what you're doing by the time you get there how are you going to sustain that like we can't stay in quote-unquote punishment mode for the rest of our lives like and that also doesn't mean that (laughs) you, you get to a point where you know you hit your weight loss goal and it's like okay Six months of the year, I'll be on track. And six months of the year, I'm going to do whatever the heck I quote unquote want to do. It's like, what are the lessons, yeah. you, what are the lessons you learned along the way about how you feel? Like how different foods mm. make you feel and how different moving your body makes you feel like you got to remind yourself of all of these choices that you've made and that you're a sum of your choices. You're not just one choice. Yeah. And the habits, the habits that you, you know, come to that point, you know, and that's why I can teach my clients. They're not, there's not good or bad foods are just good and bad habits. So if you focus more on, you know, staying consistent and being, even if things, like you said, having a bad day, you know, whatever, even if that bad day does happen, and it will probably inevitably just because life happens, but, you know, as long as you're staying consistent and usually doing the right things, everything's fine. Well, and it's, and this is, this is where I think it gets really nuanced and it's, this is hard for people when they're first getting started on a journey, but when they're further into it to realize that there can be times that you make choices that don't quote unquote fit with your plan, not for any reason other than you wanted to make that choice in that moment. Like, you know, having a piece of, you know, if you're someone who's like, you know, I have trouble with cake and that's all the, you know, the path, the person's down and they make a decision that they're, you're going to have like, I, this is the example I always use, you know, I talk about like when, when people look at, you know, my way of eating and, you know, keto being my primary, you know, safe, you know, my primary comfort spot. And I get the messages like, so you're never going to have cake again. 
And it's not that I'm saying I'm never going to have cake again in my life. It's that I know that if I don't have cake again, I could be perfectly happy and survive. So when I make the decision to have cake, I know I'm making the decision to have cake. I'm not trying to convince myself, one, either that I'm completely out of control and I have no control over what I'm doing and I've fallen off the rails. And I'm also not trying to convince myself that I'm going to somehow fit cake into my perfect macronutrient profile for the day. Like, there's... you. Whether there's good or bad foods or not, you know, not saying assigning, I don't think we assign moral value to food. Different fu- foods do different things for our bodies. And there are some foods that do nothing for us, but give us a taste experience. And, but in, if we make the decision to have that taste experience and we're not doing that six, seven, 15, 30 times a week, that's a different thing. Like having that understanding of what is best for you as a person and realizing you can make decisions sometimes. We make decisions that aren't quote-unquote best for us. It doesn't mean that we've ruined everything. It doesn't mean we've thrown everything away. It just means that in that moment you made that decision. And you're moving forward from it. You know? And also going into it with your eyes open. Like, I know. You know, I know if I were to sit down to pizza and cake. You know, regular pizza and cake. And have as quote-unquote as much as I wanted. I, am I doing anything that's going to move me towards the goal I have that week? That, that meal isn't serving that. Like... And I, if I'm okay with that, then I can be okay with that. It's We want to go to this place of extremes when it comes to punishing ourselves. Because I, off, I my real belief is that it's because it allows that behavior to continue. You know, if I start to see myself as a bad person, and I don't deserve to be treated well, well, then why not just keep beating myself up with those choices? Why not? Why, why move? Why, why keep doing the activity that makes me feel better if I don't feel like I deserve to feel better? And that just enables that behavioral cycle to continue. You know, it's realizing, no, I I deserve to make all the choices that I want to make, but those choices should be in line with how I want my body to feel and how I want my body to move and how I want to move through the world as a person, not just as a body. Yeah. And that's, that, that's spot on because like how you feel, how foods make you feel, um, that's a big thing. Like for me, you know, I, I like ice cream. No, but but for whatever reason, I've gotten older. I don't know, but body doesn't handle it as well. Um, probably just because things have changed, you know, physiologically. But um, I, like you said, it's about making that choice. I know, okay, if I'm gonna have this ice cream, you're probably not gonna feel the best. So, are you are you okay with that right now? And then from that, making that decision. Like, okay, cool. Like this is what we're gonna do. This is what it's gonna be. And, just understanding the, the the way your body responds to certain foods. 100%. And, and I honestly think, especially when a person has been on track and consistent for so long and they, you know, and again, I could, I could tangent off for a long time about why I don't, I don't like the phrase on track and off track, but you get to a place where you start eating those foods that you don't feel good when you're eating them. And it's almost like that's the point that we quote unquote push through the pain it's like, okay, I feel like hot garbage after that, but I still want to eat something. You know, I still want to keep eating it. So I'm going to keep eating it and hope that that's going to change. And it's when you finally feel better and make some changes that you realize, like, how bad I felt before and I just accept it. Like, I, yeah. I, I you, tolerate it. You didn't it. have contrast. Right. Yeah, you didn't have any contrast. And it's when you get to that point that you do feel good. Cause that was one of the big things that changed for me personally. And this isn't my story we're talking about today, but like 
I used to, when I, when I would go off a diet, I would go off a diet for a year or two. Like that was the mm. thing. Cause it would just be like, okay, I'm, I would make a decision that I was done and I was done and just dive back into that other world. And when I started this journey that I've been on these past six years, I fell off for a month, probably six months in and I, but I came back and it was the first time ever in my life that I came back to a way of eating be consciously because I didn't like how I felt because I was staying in contact with my body and how my body felt. And I got to a point where I was like, why are you eating this? Because you're just feeling like garbage. You don't want to go see anyone. You don't want to talk to people. You feel like garbage. It's because directly because of what you're eating right now. Like, are you okay with that? And for me, that was like a light bulb moment because before I would just always ignore that for the sake of being able to have the food instead of realizing I no, I feel like garbage because I know how good I could feel. And I think it's having, and it's being mindful of that in the end. That is like one of the biggest lessons that any person can learn when they're on one of these journeys. I agree. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, Travis, what are the things, you know, cause we, we, we segued off into coaching land for a while, but to, to bring it back to like your story, um, what are the things that challenge you now? Like, what are the goals you're working on? Or what are the things that are you're coming up against that, you know, you're, you know, you see as your challenges? Uh, right now, for me, uh, personally, I'm just trying to um, just stay consistent in the gym. I'm actually working on getting my strength up and working on, like, increasing my bench press and my deadlift. Um, not really worried so much about body composition and stuff like that i try to keep my weight in a good fair range and uh, eventually i'll probably lean down uh, before the end of the year and try to sharpen up a little bit and uh but as far as like it's it's really and it's it's the beauty of this whole thing and kind of what we've talked about like everything Yes, my nutrition can be better or worse sometimes, depending on what's going on. But, you know, going to the gym five days a week is non-negotiable for me. So it's not even something I have to think about or anything like that. So just staying on top with that and then sharpening up, you know, nutritionally here and there. And like I said, eventually by the end of the year, I'll probably cut down a little bit. But that's really, it's really not even... You know, before it was such a, like a big to-do, like, oh, man, okay, I got to start. Kind of like the, the car analogy we talked about, just getting back into momentum. But now it's not even, it's almost just like, let's just push the car faster, you know? Like, the car is already moving, maybe slower, faster at times, but it's it's still always moving. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's really what I'm working on right now. I like it, man. I like it. And if anyone who's been listening to you talk today, man, wants to connect with you, where do they find you? Uh, they can find me on IG uh, at Darfit, or they can find me on Facebook, uh, Dar Fitness on Facebook. Nice. And I'll make sure, to, obviously, to put links to those, uh, both profiles, both pages in the show notes for the episode today. Travis, I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Okay, so question number one. Living or dead, Travis, who is your favorite fat guy? Ooh. 
Uh, it, it's a toss-up, and they're two totally different types of guys, but either John Candy. Mm-hmm. I guess you said living, too. Um, John Candy or Notorious B.I.G. Mm. One of the two. One of the two. Two very different guys, but two good choices. Yeah. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> there you go, man. Question number two. Travis, what is something about yourself that you love? Something about myself that I love? Uh, that I'm tall, dark, and handsome. Hey, there we go, man. There we go. Question number three. We talked a lot about habit today. You know, and you, you talked about the importance of habit. Like, what for you has been the most important habit you've built on this journey that you've been on? Ooh. Most important, I'm going to say, oh, that's another toss-up. But if I pick one, I'll say having a certain threshold of, like, knowing that I will not let myself get above this particular weight ever again. Like, I know that sounds kind of like, I don't know how that sounds really, but just I think that's been the biggest thing because that meant that for me I would never because I had lost weight a little bit of weight before but it was never like anything real or sustainable so um, I think that's the biggest one of knowing like okay this is there's a maintenance part here you know what I mean mm-hmm no I think that's important and I, and I think that's something that people don't we focus so much on getting to a goal that we don't spend enough time thinking about what happens when we get there. Right. So I think that, that's, yeah, a, 100%. that's a good one, man. Travis, question number four. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Uh, ooh. Just growing my business, helping more people, impacting more lives. Um, like I said, I nice. it's really rewarding for me to help people do that, so. That would nice. probably be the biggest goal. I like it, man. And Travis, question number five. If you could go back and talk to yourself, you know, I think it was late 2008 when you really kind of started this journey that you've been on these past almost 15 years now. Um, what is one thing that you would tell yourself then? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, one thing. I would tell myself that even though there's a finish line, there's not a finish line, meaning like, you know, we kind of talked about that earlier. People get so caught up in, you know, lose more weight, lose more weight, lose more weight that we very rarely hear about people say, hey, I'm just, I'm, I'm just maintaining right now. Like very rarely. It's mm-hmm. usually I'm. Things have just gotten so bad. I've gained so much weight or, yep, I'm losing weight. Things are going well. Like there's very rarely that. So I would tell myself, just make sure you understand, young man, at some point in time that you're going to get to this place where it's like, okay, now we, now we maintain. That's probably what I would tell myself. I like it, man. I like it. Travis, I want to say a big thank you for coming on the show and sharing your story today. I know it's going to help a lot of people and I'm excited for people to connect with you, man. So just a big thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, man. Definitely, definitely. And my conversation with Travis isn't over. We're going to jump on over to the Patreon after show. So if you're not in the Patreon and you want to hear us continue to talk, make sure you sign up for that so you don't miss it. 
And like I said, contact information for Travis will be in the show notes of this episode if you want to reach out to him. Whether you just want to follow along with what he's doing right now or you want to reach out and connect with him as a coach, like that information will be there for you. And you can always connect with me on Instagram as well at Gormigos Keto, Twitter at Gormigos Keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And hey, then my friends, remember, go out there, do something today to amaze yourselves because you're the most amazing people that I know. And then catch us here on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum.